Today, we're talking about a really interesting topic, actually. Josh over here, he has basically an agency or a growth consultant that helps agencies grow and scale. He helps them become more profitable. He helps them implement systems, processes, and a bunch of things. Josh, is that pretty accurate? Yeah. Yeah. So essentially what we do is, you know, uh, to give a little background on myself, uh, I'm a past chief operating officer of a digital marketing agency, had the opportunity to uh, get that agency acquired. And after that, I decided like, hey, like I could probably do this for for other people. And so we help people either uh, sell for a higher multiple or um, just become more profitable because uh, a lot of agencies nowadays are trying to cash flow for other opportunities. So it's either how can we you know, leverage our systems and ops for more profit or how can we sell for a higher multiple? So those are two of like, the main things that we uh, like the long-term vision, long-term goals of the agencies that we work with. Sick. Let's, let's dive in then. Let's start with a couple of things. So one thing I want to talk about is what are like the biggest things that you see wrong with an agency when you come in? Like, you know, you've probably seen dozens, if not maybe hundreds of agencies at this point. Like, what are some of the common things that people are getting wrong? Yeah. So it really depends where they're at uh, and, you know, uh, with their agency. So it's like uh, on the the front end, if you got agencies that are doing like below 50K, um, they are really uh, fixated on lead generation sales, uh, which don't be wrong, like you need lead generation, you need sales but you also need to have results for those leads that you're bringing in. And what we often see is a lot of these, you know, beginning agencies that are just kind of getting, uh, getting some traction. Um, you know, they're wanting to go faster, wanting to scale quickly, but when that happens, we tend to neglect some of the results side for our clients. And then we kind of get stuck in the mud. We start spinning our tires, churning clients out. We're still signing the same amount of clients coming in, but that's what happens. You see a lot of agencies kind of get stuck in the 20 to 50k range because they start neglecting results, or you know, the people that they're bringing on their team, they're not trained up well enough uh, to really continue the results that maybe the founder uh, was in charge of beforehand, and you know, the delegation process just wasn't there. And so, um, you know, uh, that's where like really good systems come in of like you know, showing people exactly how to do what it is that you need to do. And sometimes we delegate too quickly and. Uh, yeah, it, it tends to break some of the results. And then, you know, on the the larger side, agencies that are doing, um, you know, really high <laughs> revenue numbers, um, man, it could be it could be a lot of stuff. Like it can come down to the leadership team, just making sure you have the right people in the right seats. Uh, could be direction of like where everyone feels that they're going. Um, you know, when you get to those higher revenue numbers, it becomes almost like a, a very woohoo of the problems that you need to fix within the agency. Um, and just making sure like the culture is staying together and, and the people are all going the same direction. So, you know, those are some of the things that I'm seeing, you know, it, it ranges truly, um, anything from onboarding systems to, um, you know, fixing churn rates to sales, um, sales structures, uh, making sure follow-ups are happening in the pipeline, new offers, like, man, it's, it's all over the place. So, you know, the best thing to do is, uh, have an outside perspective and diagnose the things that are going wrong. That way you can go and fix them. Yeah. Right on a couple of follow-up questions. So when you talk about like 50 K or 20 to 50 K, are we talking about uh, per month? We're we talking about annually. How do you- yeah. I'm sorry. Per month, per month. Yeah. So per month. And then when you come in, like, are you coming in um, as like more of like a consultant and almost like for lack of a better word, like an agency therapist and you're kind of yeah. just giving advice or are you actually coming in and yeah. bringing a team and actually getting your hands dirty? Yeah. Where do you typically fall? Man, such a great question. So it's funny. Um, we 
so this is our first year as a, as a consultancy. So we, we sold uh, the agency that I was a part of last year in December. So almost at a year since that happened. Um, and, you know, when we moved into the consultancy role, it was something completely different for us. So like, even we were figuring out, you know, how are we going to scale this thing? Like what, like, what do people actually need? And, um, you know, for us, we found that um, for us, like coming in and getting our hands dirty. And we did this with a few agencies right off the bat. Uh, wasn't the right move for us. We had to, to work with systems that already existed within those agencies and help just, you know, give some best practices, give some, you know, minor, uh, minor tips here and there of like how to mold them. Cause every agency operates a little differently. And you come in with like this huge wrecking ball and just take out everything that they have set in stone already, or, or some of the systems that they have built up. It's like, it causes so much friction. And so, uh, that was something that we learned very early on is, Hey, like, you know, when we come in, let's work with what they have, you know, let's, let's give, um, some best practices. And something that we did is we did like more of like a done for you at the beginning. We've since changed that model completely. We, we just, it was so difficult to, to do like upkeep with a lot of the clients that we were working with doing the done for you type service. And it was, uh, you know, for us, it was a, a big learning curve, um, to like not be in the trenches. Cause that's what we came from is like, we, you know, I was a COO. And so like I was doing the work. And so that's what I thought I would be doing when I was a consultant. But we took a step back. We're like, all right, we need to just consult on things. Give them two to three tangible takeaways for the month. Go deploy, fix, and then come back. And we have like really good communication channels like through Slack. And uh, we have like a cool ticketing system now that you can submit tickets for like, hey, like we look at our pitch deck and give us you know a review of it. Or, uh, hey, will you... Um, you know, take a look at the sales call for us and give us feedback on it. Uh, so we have like a cool ticketing system now. It's 10 times better than it used to be. I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it. So sweet. I mean, I got a ton of questions. So one of my questions, and I guess first is like kind of a point. If you're like the growth consultancy and you're kind of doing done for you, it's like some people might argue, right? You might as well just go do your own agency. If you're going to be doing agency yeah. ops yourself and getting your hand dirty, just go do it yourself and, yep. and own it. So that's kind of one comment. Um, we talked kind of about, obviously, you you kind of scale, build, and sold a business, and now you're kind of helping other folks do it. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that some of these potential acquirers, and obviously, I'm sure it depends, whether it's a VC, a PE, an agency, kind of a strategic acquire. Uh, what are some of these things that kind of generally, though, that these folks care about? Like, what are they looking for? They're looking yeah. for headcount, specific offering, whether it's email versus content versus paid. Right. Um, are they looking for you know international versus domestic? Like, what are some of the, the things in which help you get a better multiple? Yeah, hundred percent. So it it depends on the like one who's acquiring you. There, there are some like really big differences between who's acquiring you. Um, right now in the agency space, you see a lot of larger agencies doing strategic, um, you know, more strategic buyouts of other smaller agencies to acquire talent. The talent pool in the agency space is, uh, you know, very. Um, very sparse right now. So there's a lot of people looking for good talent. So you see larger agencies currently going and scooping up smaller ones to acquire talent. Um, you know, uh, what we got acquired for was also a strategic play where we got acquired by a VC firm. And the whole idea is that we would become the marketing arm of this VC firm, right? So they were acquiring just a, it's essentially a marketing team, right? And a marketing team that uh, had the keys to other clients that um, that they could you know, then go and, and buy because they they were doing a lot in the e-commerce space. So they were buying e-commerce brands. And so like we knew hundreds of e-commerce brands at the time. So we could bring in potential deal flow for them. We could land marketing clients as well. So it really depends on what the goal of the acquirer is. Um, some people just want the book, right? Like they're just like, hey, like I want another business uh, that will produce cash flow. 
for me. And agency space is great for producing cash flow if you you know have the right system set up. Like you can make some pretty dang good profit um, from from an agency. So it really depends what what they're acquiring you for. But most people are going to be looking for you know uh, one the talent of the people. So if you're getting um, acquired by another agency, they're going to look at your talent pool. They're going to make sure that um, the people that are you know producing content or uh, are running your email marketing like they're they're gonna do their due diligence there for people that are acquiring books they're gonna look at your numbers they're gonna say okay what's the EBITDA of this business and um, you know is it something that is actually profitable or is it are they kind of just faking it on social media uh, and then you know uh, one of like the last things I would consider is um, the ability to um, uh, I guess. Gosh, where was I going to go with this? I apologize. Um, I don't remember the last one. It was so good too. Dang it! Uh, I wish I would have remembered we'll, that. We'll come back to it. Yeah, we'll so come back to it. One of the one of the things, and again, like I, this is from my own experience that I see is when someone's first starting out, right? They take anyone and everyone, right? And I got to imagine, right, when you were starting this new thing, you probably took anyone and everyone. Mm-hmm. And then over time, you kind of find your your fit of who's a good fit for yeah. you, right? So for for me in particular, on the email marketing side. I have certain criteria in place where a brand has to be doing at least seven figures a year. Mm-hmm. They have to be on a certain email platform and they have to have a certain number of email subscribers on their list, right? Yep. And if they could check those three boxes, more or less, they're going to be a pretty good fit for us. Yep. Have you kind of established this criteria for you of like someone yeah. is offering this service, doing this much revenue as these types of goals, like, you know, ahead of time. So that way you don't have to hop on hundreds of calls. Like yes. if you have kind of some... You know, you, you get where I'm going. Yes. Yeah. This is something that I always recommend people um, implement into their agency or any any business that that you have. Um, this is something that should be implemented. So uh, I actually learned this from one of my mentors. Name's Matt Monero. Uh, owns a, uh, a trucking finance company, and he has like a very similar system where he has rules set in place of like people that they actually finance. Uh, whereas in you know ours, we have our fifty twenty five rule. Uh, so our fifty twenty five rule is fifty k in monthly recurring revenue. Uh, two, at least two employees, uh, and then the five sales calls per month. So that's our criteria for signing up our agencies is that 50-25 rule. If they fit within that criteria, chances are we can probably help them. Like we're not in the game of, you know, getting, you know, just starting agencies up and running. And like at that point, like I'm not teaching people how to run, you know, campaigns and like set up Facebook ads, email marketing stuff. Like that's just not what I do. Like I wouldn't even have the experience to do it. What we're great at is, you know, being an outside perspective, fixing systems that are currently broken and uh, having uh, you know more of a, a, a strategy approach towards our consulting versus more of like a tactical thing where it's like, hey, this is how you can run your email sequences better. It's like, that's just not what we do, right? Yeah. So that that's kind of like the rules we set in place. Um, I wish we would have done something like that when we were running our agency because it was the same thing. It was like, we were taking whoever would pay us at the time. So, um, but a lot of people will set like, you know, Hey, like the minimum we'll work for is like 5k per month. Um, like I've seen people do that, but I would get really defined on that rule and your avatar and um, who it is that you're going to serve on a regular basis. Yeah, that makes sense. So in, in terms of the fact that you mentioned, like you're not teaching people how to do their Facebook ads. You're not teaching people how to do their email. Like they should be to some degree, an expert, right? In that maybe yeah. they're getting started and that's okay. And they were kind of learning, but they need to be the one that really owns that kind of domain. So for, for with, for with you, kind of with that being said, is that allows you to kind of be 
marketing agency service agnostic. That's kind of a big word, but like, does that allow you to kind of plug into an email agency versus an SMS versus a content versus a paid social? Because you are teaching the fundamentals of how to grow and scale a business. Now, obviously, multiples might change. This sure. might change in terms of pricing, but more or less, you need a CRM. You need a project management system. You need to have these types of account managers. Is that fairly accurate? Like you can kind of plug and play with any kind of service? Yeah, exactly. So we really could plug and play with any type of service uh, out there, but we niched down to just agencies. One, because that was my background and I can speak the language, um, but it, we just saw this really green opportunity. And uh, we actually have uh, some plans to expand into other verticals at another point in time. But right now we really want to dominate this niche because it is very green. There's not really anyone doing what we do in the agency space. So there's a lot of great opportunity for us to to grow and expand what we're doing here and then eventually move into other verticals. But like everything is catered to agencies. Whereas in you see some of these other consultants that come in on operations, like it's pretty, pretty wide uh, with who they're serving. Like they'll serve agencies. And a lot of the business practices are applicable applicable across a lot of different services. But everything that we do is catered strictly to agencies and that's it. And I think that's what makes it attractive for a lot of agency owners working with us is it's all it's all catered to them. Yeah, that's interesting. Like I hadn't really ever thought about like the type of service that you offer. I know obviously like in the Twitter sphere and in general, like doing lead gen for agencies obviously is a big one, right? Doing cold email, mm-hmm. outbound on LinkedIn, you know, phone sales, whatever it might be. But I don't really know anyone, at least to my knowledge, that's doing kind of operations or growth or kind of profit maximization. So it's kind of an interesting, I never really think about like agencies as like this target market in which yeah. are attractive, but if you could help these folks, I guess, you know, reduce costs and increase top line, you know, it's a pretty attractive thing just because they have recurring revenue and the ability to, to scale. Um, that's interesting. So when you structure deals, do you structure on a flat fee and you don't have to share your fee, but do yeah. you structure on a flat fee or do you structure any kind of performance as well? We do. So what the essentially how our fee works is like we do like a flat retainer uh, and then a percent change in revenue. So like obviously like you've gotten your agency to where you've gotten it today. We're not going to be, you know, we're not going to take any part of that. But anything that we would change from that, um, you know, we would we would take a part of that. And so but the whole goal behind what we do is that we eventually want to bring a chief operating officer or like an ops manager onto your team. And we're you know, we're really effective in this market is that, uh, you know, bringing on a chief operating officer that is specifically tied to marketing, you're going to be paying that person 10 to 12 K, uh, per month. And like, that's, that's an expensive hire and agencies doing a hundred K per month. Like that's, that's a chunk of revenue. Like that's that you're going to feel that. Um, and so our whole goal with what we do is like, yeah, we do start on like the lower end and it's very reasonable what we price out for our clients. And then there's some growth incentive for us to be involved in your agency. Uh, and eventually what we do is we cap that, that incentive out because, you know, say we get to like a 10 K mark, right. And you're paying us 10 K per month. Well, why wouldn't you just bring on your own chief operating officer at that point? And so as we continue to scale, our whole goal is to either train up someone internally for you to become a chief operating officer or a, a ops manager for your agency, or we'll help you pick the right person uh, if the time ever comes to like, actually bring on a COO. Nice. That makes sense. Two more questions. Um, one is, again, this is, I know a lot of these questions are like, it really depends. So apologies yeah. for that, but I'm going to ask anyways. Uh, when you work with agencies and you look at like their financials, what would you say is like a ballpark number of where people typically are? So say they're doing whatever the revenue is, like 
how much of that revenue typically is profit or EBITDA? Are yeah. they operating at like 10% margin, 20, 30, 40, more yeah. or less? Where's that fall? Yeah, I, I think a lot of people would be surprised. Like people do not protect their profit like they should be. Um, and there's like this kind of mindset around the agency space of like, I'm going to reinvest everything back into my business and we're going to continue to grow. And it's like, I'm not going to take profit. I'll take profit later. Um, and if you ever read any of uh, Mike Michalowicz's uh, books, Profit First, uh, it talks a lot about, you know, hey, like stop kicking the profit can down the road and start taking profit now. And even if it's only 5%, you know, take 5% profit. It's better than taking zero. And, and you should, you know, building up, build up a slush fund for yourself and essentially have something that you can fall back on if things do ever go bad. So, um, you know, with that being said, like ideally, we can, you know, it, it depends on the size of the agency, but like people getting started, just practice taking profit, like, you know, take five, 10% when you first get started. But as you continue to scale, as you hit like a million dollars, like, yeah, like that should go up to, you know, 20, 25%. Uh, and then, uh, you know, as you hit those bigger, multi, uh, bigger uh, revenue numbers, like, yeah, like let's shoot for, you know, 35% profit margins. There's absolutely, it's very doable. Um, you know, we just have to keep, you know, our expenses uh, in check there. So it, it does range, like like you said, like there, there's some variation there, but if you're just getting started, like just just play with it, like practice just taking profit and, you know, pay yourself a decent distribution and, you know, work on putting aside 5%. It's, it's good to at least practice when you get started. Um, and then from there, you know, you can expand into more profitability. Sweet. And the last and final question is, what does your team look like, right? So yeah. there's obviously you as the, the head in the face of it, but what other types of folks do you have on, on your own team? Yeah. So we have kind of like a, like a board uh, involved with us. So we have uh, a co-founder who is a past agency owner as well, has gone under uh, an acquisition and has worked with really large clientele. So um, anyone from American Express to Yahoo to uh, you know uh, MGM uh, resorts. Uh, so he has like big agency experience, like where his contracts were anywhere between like 30 and 100K per client. So he's worked with like Fortune 500 type companies. So, <clears throat> excuse me, he brings, you know, uh, a really different scope um, from uh, from the agency space. So he's a co-founder with me. Uh, and then I'm more on like the fulfillment side of things. Uh, I come from, you know, an agency where we are, our retainers range from 5K up to 30K. Uh, so I bring just a different outlook on the agency space. And then uh, we have one client success uh, manager who just is very client facing, quick communication. We're just trying to make our experience, <clears throat> excuse me, our experience as good as possible. And so, uh, and then we have one uh, like uh, board member that's a past agency owner as well, has had two agency acquisitions. Um, and so, if we're like, if we're like stuck and we're just like, we can't figure this out, we always fall back on him and be like, hey, uh, can you help us out with this? Like, he just has, he's, you know, he's, he's a little bit older than us, has way more experience in the agency space, had led a team of, um, 150 people doing roughly like 44 million in EBITDA per year is like, he just different, different type of, uh, agency than, uh, I've ever run or even my co-founders even run. So it's nice to have him in our back pocket when we need him. So that's essentially our team, uh, very small. Um, we, we do some crazy good profit, which is nice. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, that's what the team looks like. Yeah, it's super, super lean. So if you obviously stuck with the done for you, you'd probably have to have way more people, right? But because yeah. you really focus more on a consulting or kind of a done with you, for lack of a better word, yeah. you can be really lean and you can have clients and 
you know, they probably yep. only take a handful of hours each of your time per week, right? Yeah. Yeah. So essentially kind of how we work is, um, you know, we do one call per month. It's an hour long call. Uh, and what I found is like the more calls we do, like the harder it is to consult on people. Cause like by the next week, it's like, sometimes you need to give them two to three weeks to, to really solve an issue. And, and to go and apply what you said. So uh, we do a call a month. And then what we have is like optional, we call them triage calls. They can book 30 minute gaps uh, in our schedule uh, at any point in time. And it's like, if they need us, it's there for them. And then we have Slack channels built out. We have ticketing systems. So we have other ways to communicate because we don't need to jump on a call if you're just like, hey man, just had a quick question. And, and they can just drop the question in the Slack channel. It's super easy. Sweet, dude. This was great. I, I appreciate you. And then where can people find you online? Where, where are some of your yeah. social handles? Uh, yeah. So our business name is 321pocketops.com. Uh, our, uh, my personal profile is Joshi Kobayashi on Instagram. So it's a, uh, it's a story for, for another date. Um, but uh, yeah, th- those are like the main two places you can DM me. Um, Joshua Johnston on LinkedIn. Um, so yeah, if you just shoot me a DM, we can, we can chat more. Always happy to help. Sweet, man. I'll drop those links below. I appreciate you. Yeah, man, for sure. Thanks for having me, Chase. All right, cheers.